Hey, this is Sean from the Wasted Knowledge Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 7 of Season 2, our interview with Alexander Gabriel. Uh, he is the owner and master blender at Maison Ferrand. Uh, they do, uh, uh, oh geez, uh, Pierre Ferrand uh, Cognac. They do Citadel uh, Gin, and they also own and make Plantation Rum. Uh, this is a fantastic and intelligent and wonderfully well-spoken human being. Uh, we were so lucky to get some time with him. This is a shorter, just a one-part episode, uh, I think almost exactly 30 minutes, uh, because this person has things to do. And <laughs> he took time to talk to us, which uh, we really appreciate. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and cheers. So nice and classy the way that was organized. I'm very impressed. We we love this space up here. This space is incredible. Yeah. I love the whole place, by the way, also downstairs and stuff. I think it's great. You want to put it? Sure, sure. Go ahead. There, wonderful. So you want to talk about cognac today? So we just well, so our podcast is a little bit yeah. We want to kind of go just talk about you, really. Okay. Um, kind of cognac, uh, but also uh, I'm a big fan of plantation. Thank you. And the rum, and and just kind of uh, across the board. So our podcast in general is um, kind of a. Um, Casual conversation turned into an, an interview turned into a casual conversation. Okay, cool. So speaking of which, did you want anything to drink or anything? I'm good. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to get Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we were saying. So um, we just wanted to take the time and kind of sit down, ask you a little bit about your personal history and how you came and to be doing what you're doing and why you love what you're doing. So uh, we'll do a quick little intro bit and then we'll start asking you a couple questions. Cool. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little nervous now. That, uh, I, I didn't get a lot of background <laughs> until like, I got here. And they're like, hey, Thank just you. so you know, this is what we're going to talk about. Um, Thank you, Jason. Thank you, sir. Generic intro? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm TC. And this is the Wasted Knowledge Podcast, the podcast essentially where we have the bar conversation where you're having a drink and you turn to someone and say, hey, what do you do? <laughs> uh, so we have a special guest today. Would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Yes. I'm Alexandre Gabriel. I'm the uh, proprietor and the master blender at Maison Ferrand. So we make, uh, of course, Ferrand Cognac and then also Citadel Gin and Plantation Rum. And I've been... Uh, been, I've been at it for 30 years this year. That, that's incredible. I'm a, I'm a little bit uh, starstruck. I, I really enjoy your products. I've been following a lot of what you do. Um, and you just had a master class here that uh, I attended. And so I'm very happy that you're taking the time with us today. Great pleasure. Uh, but I, I'd like to kind of, just for our guests and everything like that, uh, kind of a little bit of your history. How did you get started in this industry and what you did? Well, I grew up on a farm, you know, so uh, with, uh, and uh, it was a wine farm, but also a cattle farm. It was uh, south of Burgundy with my grandparents and, uh, and my sisters and my cousins, so a big, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of kids bouncing around and, and I'm, I'm a product of farmland. I, and, you know, when you look behind the bar, people forget that every single bottle, there's a farmer growing something somewhere. And this I never forget, and and so my passion, you know, of course I have learned at an early age to, you know, pick up, pick the grapes, harvest, uh, you know, graft the tree, and uh, uh, and 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 I to me the distilling is something that I felt attracted as a young age, because yes, wine is magical, and I was surrounded by a lot of winemakers, so it was kind of like the natural thing. 
but it's spirit. My grandfather was what we call in French bouilleur de cru, which is like somebody who has a right to distill his own crop. So it distilled a lot of different stuff that we were growing. And that was always a magical moment for me. And, and I always thought, you know, there's that extra step, you know, when you distill, where you can create your own emotions. You can, you know, uh, if you make wine, you, you have grapes and, you know, and there's, I love wine. I mean, look, I grew up with some of the incredible winemakers. But I just thought there was a magic to it, and I was very attracted to it. And then the aging of the spirit is very different than the aging of the wine, the effect of the barrel and all of that. So my grandfather taught me some stuff, and I was thinking, and the king of spirits, you know, uh, as far as France is concerned, and it's arguable, of course, I, there's so many delicious spirits, but cognac is up there with, with, with others. And... Um, and that was kind of like the shining star for my grandfather. And you know when your your people who teach you life have like something that like ah oh, you know that that becomes your DNA. Yeah. And and so little did I know I became a uh, you know cognac master blender. And 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 it took a while. Um, I, I my sister took over the farm and then now turned it into like a horse and different stuff. And and so for me it was about. What am I going to do? And so I didn't know anything about business, and I didn't speak English. And I have a mother <laughs> who's a, a mother who's a, an artist, a sculptor, and she always said, "You're like me. You got the creative streak." And uh, most people are creators, and you know, artists start. And uh, and you need the only way you want is if you know and you learn how to organize and talk about your your, your art, like your creation. And so. You know, I said maybe I should study business, and I went and studied business. I went to the U.S. and I learned English in the process because my English was almost nothing. And uh, and then uh, as I, you know, was doing this, I thought there's so many incredible farm products, distillates, and wines in France that because they are small, don't make it, you know, in in other countries. So I said since I live in the U.S. and I was studying, and then I studied in Japan. I said, maybe I should help these guys. And so we created a lot of company helping, uh, helping uh, different people. And one of these customers was uh, one of the Ferrand uh, family. Ferrand has three branches, so one of the uh, branches there. And they were basically uh, very tiny, uh, nice level of stocks. And you know, we found a distributor in the US. And, and uh, this gentleman, which was an older gentleman, says, do you want to partner up? Do you want to do something? And I was 22 years old, and it felt so natural. I was probably a totally bad decisions in business-wise, you know, because, you know, uh, there was nothing really existent as network or distribution. And, but what did I know? I mean, I'm still clueless, and I was even worse back then, you know, on that side. I always followed my passion and my heart, and that's what I did. And I still do this right now, and I pay the price for it still now because, you know, I do major screw-ups because of this, but I continue being that man. And so I followed my heart, and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I... I Worked with hard uh, learning, aging, and winemaking. Of course, for me was 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 easy, but uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, distilling I, I knew. But aging and distilling is quite straightforward. You know, it is there is tweaks and turns, and you know, if you use the still, what is the cut? What is the head? What is the tails? If you use a little column, do you draw certain elements from a specific plate to reintroduce into the final products? These are the little things that you learn, but you know, it's quite straightforward. Aging is not straightforward. Aging and blending is each barrel is different, and that's very humbling. I mean, when you have a barrel, 
it's like a human being. You need to talk to it. You need to you need to taste it. You need to understand what this barrel is telling you, so you know with which barrel is going to work the best. And that's very humbling. And it takes years. I mean, I've been at it for 30 years, and it takes years. And that's why you know, in cognac master blenders consider themselves master blenders after 20 years of doing. So that's been following my heart and following my heart with cognac, obviously for the reason we discussed. And cognac is a product of the grapes, so I know. But then after, you know, when you, you have a distillery with the, with, with the with pot stills and you distill only six months out of the year in cognac, you're like, what am I going to do with the rest of the year? And probably gathered I'm a bit of an intense guy and I'm like thinking, this is crazy. This is like having a distillery that you can use. And so we studied about gin making and we tried different ways of making it until finally zeroing in on the final uh, recipe that actually became a patent. There's only a few patents in gin. Uh, I never wanted to make a patent of it, but then in France they're saying the government, you know, is like we should really create a patent for this. This is so unique. We do something called, uh, you know, progressive infusion, which is very specific. And I'm like, yeah, why should we? You know, uh, I'm willing to share it. And uh, and they're like, but if you create a patent, you're gonna have a tax break. I'm like, okay, how do we make a patent? All right, there you go. That's the business school. <laughs> yeah, because I, was, but I was able to hire Nicolas, who's a PhD from my village, uh, because of that. So thank, thank you to this program. And so we do a lot of research together. So that's how we branched out to gin and, uh, and the rum. So gin was more of a thought-out process. Rum was more like a love decision. You know, uh, rum and cognac have a lot in common, believe it or not especially molasses rum, you know, like the repertoire of uh, flavors and so on is, is, is really cousin to it. No wonder why uh, cognac producers sometimes use rum barrels or rum producers use a lot of cognac barrels. And, you know, now a lot of 99.9% of rum is aged in a, in a bourbon barrel for a cost reason, an availability reason, and it makes great rum. But in the old days, people cherry-picked many cans. You know, there was all over the place for the better and for the worse sometimes, I'm sure. So that's how Plantation was born, is us trying to see what we can do with our barrels. And I wanted to learn about the spirit. And we started aging some for ourselves. And then we thought tasted great. And somebody wanted to buy some, and it became a brand. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the story about how I got into it. That's quite the story. So there's... There's a lot of questions there, sure. uh, <laughs> but for for rum specifically, and I, I was asking TC about this, and I, I showed up to the class late. Uh, for your rum, do you keep any in the Caribbean uh, that yeah. is just like goes straight from those distilleries plantations to market? It's a great question. The, the, the DNA of plantation is several things. It's we are trying to for it's a tribute to these incredible cultures, technical cultures of rum. And if you saw what we talked about about cognac, it's exactly the same thing. Is that rum has got such an heritage, island per island, an incredible, unequal heritage about the way these rums are made. I learn every day. We have a team in Barbados because since we since then got married with the distillery. We purchased it in West Indies Rum Distillery. But I say got married because the two teams are so sim- such a symbiotic relationship. And, and uh, we feel that way, every, and they feel that way. And I spent a you know, week every month there. And Andrew runs the distillery. Don Ben also has his side with the whole technical team. They research, document, and they find incredible stuff. And I'm saying we got to be sure we're going to do this, but we're going to make sure that can be safeguarded. The same way I'm doing with cognac, by the way. 
because again, you know, I think the 20th century was, was kind of a standardization century where, you know, in the old days, there was all these different diversities and methods. Mm-hmm. So for me, rum as a plantation is, is really a, a respect and a celebration to this, but also a research into it. And that's the first step. The second step, remember, you mentioned what we do with the aging. It's right. the plantation is about an old technique, which is double aging. So first, fermenting and distilled in the Caribbean, which right. is that stamp of origin, right? And then first aging there for a few years, two, three, four, five years, rarely more than 10. And then age further, so shipped within in a barrel, in the container. This yeah. is called dynamic aging. That's, That's magical. At first, you know, my grandfather was the first one to tell me about this, to say, you know, what happens in the barrel when you ship? I have friends who've been doing this, it's magical. And I always thought, don't you think it sounds a little gimmicky and stuff? And he says, you should taste the difference. And we did tastings, and I was like, just in a few weeks, yes. And recently with Nicola, who's a PhD, we did, we did chromatography and the gas chromatography before and after shipment. There's a, such a, like elements of, of such as esters, such as... Uh, higher alcohols that are there which you can smell and taste but they also show in an analysis so plantation second step is the double aging right. caribbeans and france you know bourbon barrels cognac barrels and then also that dynamic aging inside the barrel so as a yes or no does anything come directly from your plantation or the caribbean Hello. market they all go through double aging okay. except except the white rum you know, okay. uh, you know, in the white rum, you know, you have uh, 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 the, the white rum, the three stars. Mm-hmm. The uh, Barbados is a fresh rum. The Jamaican, some of it is the aged rum and some of it is a fresh rum. In that case, the fresh rum, you know, obviously doesn't go through aging. And there's some Trinidad that's aged and in that case it's double aged as well. Sure. Gotcha. But all the rest is double aged, meaning going through the both process. Right. A, in the Caribbean and B, in, in France. And everything that gets double aged also is shipped. Hello. Yeah, uh, we used to be uh, uh, some some uh, suppliers because, as you know, uh, in, in Barbados we have a distillery, West Indies Rum Distillery. And but you know, it's not, my grandfather always said, "You don't own a vineyard; you tend a vineyard." And I always say, you know, uh, we don't own a distillery; we tend that distillery. And it's easy to know and to feel when you go to West Indies Rum Distillery. You got that big chest. And, uh, you know, it's like a big piece of furniture. And if you open the closet, there's all these pictures of people who've run the distillery since 1893. Yeah. You realize that you tend a distillery. Because yeah. best case scenario, I'll be one of these guys with Andrew who runs the distillery. And Don will be one of these guys, you know, uh, uh, there. So that reminds you, it's very humbling. You tend it and then you end up in the cupboard. So, um, do, do you already have a spot? I, I don't know. I'm probably, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> in the bottom. You know? <laughs> but, you know, uh, to, to your question, at first, you know, when some origins, the guys would say, ah, shipping in a barrel. But now, you know, from Barbados, it's 100%, you know, for now a few years. In, and then Jamaica as well, because also, as you know, we're involved in Jamaica. Uh, Trinidad is also in the barrel. St. Lucia, it's in the barrel. I mean, most people. Uh, uh, Fiji, now we, uh, we're doing more and more Fiji. It's, uh, you know, uh, something we're working with Liam, who runs the distillery, so we also can shop. I mean, imagine from Fiji, it's so far. Yeah. You're shipping with all these different climates you go through. That rum is going to be delicious shipped that way. I mean, delicious. And so to us, that's magical. That's something we want to keep. So, uh, 
you started out your class today and with something that I find really intriguing, was basically your kind of like rebel or traditionalist side. So, and you've kind of proved yourself somewhat of a historian yourself. You really delve deep into what you would pass. So, how do you, how do you, what drives you more? Is it more like creative side of you or is it more the, uh, like, Standards and like high quality, like being to tradition side of you. What side do you think pulls at you more? Is it kind of a concept? I think one feeds off of the other, to be honest with you. It's like, uh, you know, uh, I mean, somebody who's a painter needs to go in the museum and needs to know his classics, right? So studying your classics and all the Foucaulton techniques, I, I, I gotta say, I have a knack for this. For, I, I just, when we discover an old, like recently, Andrew showed me at the distillery West Indies Rum there's a room called the vault. The vault is a room like the corner of this room and, and it's, it's, it's a huge vault door and inside they've been throwing things in there, every document of value, recipe, uh, fermenting method, uh, political history about rum making at the time, you know, for since 1893. Oh, wow. So that stuff, I'm like, this is magical. Up, yeah. So imagine, I mean, it's like, two or three cubic meters of documents. So we're only like scratching the surface. One day, you know, he says, I was there. And he says, uh, he says, uh, Alexander, I found this document show, and he shows me they used to make the rum using a little bit of seawater in the fermenting tank. Now I felt, this is magical, this is crazy. And so we made it by using like a few percent, less than 5% of seawater in the fermenting tank. And it's just magical and delicious. It's a little briny, and the salt doesn't go through distillation. But the fact of using that little hint in the fermenting tank makes a different rum because it creates a little stress on the yeast that develop a different taste profile. Now, when, I, when we discovered this, we were like a bunch of... Like, we were so happy. It was so rewarding. You know, we're like, we're going to do it. And we did it. And when we tasted off the still, imagine that few drops that come out of there where we all like, well, who's going to taste it first? <laughs> See, these moments are special to my life. And they're very inspiring. So creativity is, is the idea to me is very inspired by... Well, let me tell you where creativity comes in. One day... We started, you know, it was an inspiration by uh, Dave Wondrich. We made the pineapple uh, stickings fancy. So typically, that's a very good example to your question. We have these few patents, but like Swiss cheese, you know, it's missing pieces. We knew they were using the skin of the pineapple, but they didn't tell you how. They lived it to, like, it was purposely made like this. You wouldn't steal the recipe. Right. So, you know, this is where you use your creativity, and your and creativity is fed by experience and research, right? Like like it's never out of a vacuum. I don't know. I'm sure you agree that your best ideas you have them when you talk with somebody exactly. else, or when you are at the, listening to a piece of music, or you know, uh, looking at uh, like in a museum, or like you got this suddenly. Uh, it's never in a vacuum. So I was just finishing working on the dry curacao for on where we distill the skin of as you know, la ha ha oranges. And I'm like. I got it, we're gonna distill the skin. So, you know, that's something that was not part of the recipe, but that's something that felt so natural. And my team was like, really? And we infused it, and so we had to choose a pineapple that the skin was very aromatic, which we did. We, we tasted pineapple for three months until we found the right. 
one. And we distilled the skin of the pineapple infused into rum, and we used the flesh into a dark rum and blend the, the original dark and blend the two together. So I think I'm answering your question here. Yeah. I hope so. No, <laughs> I apologize yeah. if I don't. You know, uh, you know, the idea is to think that by really digging back into these old methods, you find this these traditions or this heritage, I should say, about how people use or these old methods. And then sometimes there's missing a piece and you work with this and it could give you an idea about creating something different. And sometimes creativity is all the way. For example, one day I'm in a, uh, I'm in a restaurant, uh, it was an Indian restaurant in London, and I see uh, people in the kitchen, it was a little uh, Indian restaurant, roasting uh, 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 spices. You know, before we're using in the cooking, and I'm like, you know, suddenly your, your mind goes on a tangent and I said, I'm gonna make a gin like this. And we made one called Season of the Witch. It's a, it's it's so limited edition. It's, it's selling only at the chateau. Uh, you know, where I roast the juniper berries, and so here, yes, you use somebody else. So the creativity is there, and it's magical. It's incredible because it creates this thing. And I boosted the juniper berry style by having juniper berry uh, gin distilled aged in a, to a juniper berry tree barrel made from the juniper berry trees. Oh wow! So All to right. give like you know, it's like kind of on a steroid, yeah. and so right. it's kind of a and so we made this, and that's where creativity comes in, right? So it's it's the whole of the same thing. Because think about it, spirits never stop evolving it's like uh, you know uh, uh, look at the history of Rome you know think about the retort system think about the muck pit the way that secondary fermentation with uh, bacteria all these were genius ideas think about the the seawater we talked about think about you got a barrel to fix you use a different type of wood you know because this is what you got and 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 then it develops something very unique i'm fascinated by that and we're discovering some old documents and so i think one feed the other but i must say that that i get so much in finding these old things that i get so much satisfaction and my team as well and it's almost a competition with the team you know it's like we're finding this stuff or like look at what i found and there's an incredible guy about this. I mean, there's one, only one in the world to that level. It's Dave Wondrich, American guy, yeah. uh, extremely educated. And what I love about him is he's both an intellectual, but he's a gourmand. And in our business, if you're not a gourmand, you know, you cannot make beautiful spirits. And so he's somebody where he's got both legs to stand on. So that's why I love to work with him. Is there, is there anything that you're, I so obviously, things kind of tend to grab your imagination and it seems like you'd like to run with it is without giving anything away because you said you have patents is there anything that you're leaning towards that you want to try that you haven't tried that that's, is, is kind of sparking your curiosity right now well let's clear the water about the patents we did the patent and it is available for free to anybody who wants to use it cool. <laughs> no no i'm saying oh, well, that very constructively <laughs> no no i'm saying it the very very because you know we need to share yeah. We need to share our knowledge. The master blender who trained me to say, okay, that's a secret. You keep it for yourself. And I said, you know, with all due respect, we should share this. Because the more we all know, the more fun we have. And the more, you know, I always say knowledge is pleasure. Right. I mean, why we yeah, do these things is that hopefully when people leave this room, they're going to be, wow, cognac, you know, hopefully. And, you know, I see, I see... It, in the U.S., you're so lucky. There's such a movement of incredible bartenders. I mean, the okay. idea is true with other countries. Uh, the U.S. got like an incredible movement. I think, you know, bartending is is is, is like 
America was jazz to America. I mean, there's mm. something very Americana that's that's mind-boggling. And uh, look, you see a bartender. I love to be the slow mouth, you know, looking what happens. And it's a quiet day, and somebody comes and they want a, you know, vodka and tonic. And the bartender looks at him and kind of sizes the person. And says, maybe I can try on this guy and or this lady, and says, sure. Can I make something for you? And if you don't like it, I'll drink it. And how many bartenders did that? And they make something with gin or with, with rum or tequila. Right. And that <laughs> person, that <laughs> he did that, right? And that person, when they leave that bar, you made them a better person. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, but what, what did you do? Knowledge is pleasure. Mm -hmm. You know, they thought they could only drink vodka and tonic. They leave and they're thinking, I actually like gin mm -hmm. because of you. So I think that if we can do this, I think it's magical. So for us, you know, to, for that, we love to share knowledge. Not the things for me to try. I think it's, it's, it's all going to be the result of what we discover in our research. Um, the way I feel is also meeting a lot of people. So uh, I have worked with 50 different master blenders, master over 50 master blenders, master distillers. Uh, for example, uh, Alex Chatko, you know, from Teeling, you know, master yeah. blender, master distiller. Uh, Professor Jong in Korea, who's a specialist of clay pot aging. And we've been working together for 15 years, so I've learned about clay pot aging with him, and he's learned about batch distillation from me. Larry Barnard, incredible guy, my mentor for the Caribbean, who is the master distiller at uh, St. Lucia Distillers. Very fascinated guy by history and by sharing techniques. Dave Pickrell, a uh, great American, you know, this you know, from, you know, uh, Wissapeg and different. So uh, I, I was doing a seminar before him passing away, uh, you know, uh, at Tales of Cocktail about Master Blenders, uh, not, not this year, but the year before. So, you know, endless. But you learn, it's you know, you learn with others. Mm -hmm. You learn with others. So what I want to try next is meeting new people going to continue opening my mind and feeding from them and hopefully they'll feed from me. Carlos Camarena and uh, Thomas Estes from Artenas and Ocho Tequila also were great inspirations. So to me that's what it is and, and, and I, you don't, never know what tomorrow is being made of but I'll always keep my mind open. My only fear is that I won't be able to do everything I want to do by the time I pass away. I hope it's a long time from now <laughs> because you know um, we, I'll give you an example and I don't mean to bore you to death with all of this, but oh, I love it. one day Dave Wondrich, we are like a little groggy from too much drinking, and we are, we're in Spain after a bar show and eating tapas in this very small market, and he pulls out like a drawing, drawing of a Chinese still, a 1,500-year-old Chinese still. And he says, you know, Alexander, I found this. would be, And all the details are there. It's all like... And you see the still, and he says, wouldn't it be great to taste what it's like? My grandfather always said, don't speak too fast, turn your tongue seven times in your mouth before you talk. So I'm like, six, seven, and I talk. And I said, David, we're going to make one. And he's like, you're sitting me. Yeah, yeah, we're going to make one. I know this retired uh, coppersmith, cognac, and he knows I'm crazy. So I'm like, hello. We're gonna make a Chinese still, and I showed him. And it's used wood, and I made like a miniature one, you know, about one yard high, one meter high. And we made a seminar as a cocktail, you know, showing we distilled rum in the 
in the Vulcan, which is a chamber still. We have at the distillery in uh, Barbados. There's only one left in the world. We used the Chinese still, and we made a medieval still with the same yeast, same, same molasses, same yeast, same methods, yeah, just using stills. a different still. I did that with Ron Cooper from the Magay. He had like different stills expressions, and also uh, a friend of mine from Lobad, you know, from Armagnac with two different stills. And you know what? I've learned something about internal cooling that was a Chinese still. It worked wonderfully. The medieval still sucked, you know, it was very hard to drag. <laughs> I had to wrap wet wet towels around it to be able to, to cool that sucker down. You know, it was like crazy. And, and with the, the Chinese still, it's like a spoon with a dome. It was incredible. And it made, uh, we made rum with it, you know, but we wanted to show the influence of the still. So, you know, you learn all the time. And that was, that was a great seminar. We're going to do it again at BCB, I think, because uh, BCB New York, because it was so much fun and, uh, and uh, for us to do this. So, it's, yeah, lo- the learning is every day. So, you mentioned uh, a couple things about your grandfather when we started talking. And the two things kind of came to my mind. Uh, you, sort of, you mentioned that he kind of held cognac in this, this hot regard. It was almost like his ideal, his happy place. For sure. Uh, no, obviously you've been spending a lot of time with cognac, but also gin and rum. Is there something else either in that category, or even outside of it? It could even be food or music or art that is that kind of gives you that that feeling. It's funny you say this because to me it's really uh, art feeds me. You know, music. I you know I like this psychedelic rock like Yes or like Zappa, all these crazy guys that are like very explorative in the way they look at their music and they're, they're a great source of inspirations because they, they integrate so many like medieval music and classical and, and create this and modern music in the case of Zappa and so, in some way it's way out there and these are great inspirations we're, we're a bunch of failed musicians at Ferrand and I'm a pianist <laughs> um, my daughter went to Berkeley School of Music so she's now a songwriter and, 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 and trying her luck and she's the talented one uh, the rest of us were just trying but uh, you know so that's to me you know a book a poet, I love poetry that's great inspiration for me I, I got the crazy streak well, my, my mother is a sculptor she's classically trained and so to me art is, is a great source of inspiration you know uh, my grandfather always said you know it's not about creating good products it's about creating a memorable product mm. that you want that person to say you that experience at the bar I told you about, you want to do this right. with your spirits. It's, yeah. You know, and what and, and, and bartenders are to me incredible when because they look at it with a very creative mind, but almost naturally. And I always like to say, you know, I'm making the instrument, you play the music, think about my spirits is that. You know, and, and so so that's that's to me uh, is, is 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 so art is a great source of inspiration for me. I've been traveling the world. My grandfather was the father of my mother in my case so he was somebody very principled a man of a few words and a man of the land for him the wealth was in the land so I've learned to graft trees plant. we planted so many trees on weekends I mean you know and and so uh, you know this to me was like everything comes from the land kind of culture and also like you're a man of your words, you know, all these values that I felt. So to me, uh, he's my compass. Mm-hmm. You know, very often I'm thinking, what would he do, you know, in that particular, especially when it's something that's testing morally and about courage, you know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that, that, is, uh, that is important because when you go off the beaten tracks, uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of courage 
because you get some people who understand it and embrace it, and you get some people that it, they, they are mad and yeah, they don't understand you know, it, yeah, and they push and back. Confidence. You got to stay. You got to believe in yourself. Yeah. To do some of those things. So, so we really get we cool. get sometimes you know these uh, yeah this pushback, and and I do respect it. You know, I could see how sometimes it, and and sometimes it's very fierce. <laughs> <laughs> so and it's more of a short question just out of curiosity you said your grandfather could distill he yeah. had a license to distill or the right to yeah uh, so if, if cognac was his ideal what was his everyday what did, what did he like to distill Hello, for my like, grandfather made Burgundy remember so in mm-hmm. Burgundy you have to distill it you have a Mar de Bourgogne so the Mar de Bourgogne is the must so once you press the mm-hmm. grapes mm-hmm. what's left yeah. you water it and you distill it so it's extremely pungent it's like some grappas are made that way and he always said to me when you taste the Mar de Bourgogne, you taste it first with your ears. I'm like, you know, I was like a kid. I'm like, you taste it with your ear. You know, like he's trying to like get my imagination going. Right. I'm like, you taste it with your ear. That was one of my first lessons. He said, no, if the if the must is full of insects and you hear a lot of noise, it's gonna be not good. You want it to be silent because it's so fresh. That your ear is already telling you a taste. So, uh, you know, that's the first thing. And the second thing, obviously, he distilled the, uh, what we call Fin de Bourgogne, which is a wine that's distilled. So okay. much more like a, it's a similar method than Armagnac, like a single column, small column. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what uh, that was what we, you know, what, what I've learned. You know, so they were quite pungent, intense. I still have barrels of that stuff, very, very old. <laughs> that's good. <good. laughs> awesome. TC, I keep asking questions. Wait, what's, I was just going to say, like, uh, Thanks for the time. We're kind of wrapping up here, but I want always. I wanted to ask you between. I mean, you're blending and tasting and, and spirits every single day. But at, at the end of the day, when you're just sitting down, relaxing, like, what is your drink of choice? Oh wow, it's every day different. All right, <laughs> and it's many. At, uh, you know, I don't drink huge quantity, obviously. Otherwise, I'd be dead with all the spirits around me. <laughs> but of course, I love to do what we did today. To have like several glasses on there, and, and I taste. kind of. And to me, that the end of the day is kind of a review what we did, and we're gonna taste again a barrel. And I live on premise. Remember, the the, the blending room is is there's just a, a you know. A, wall between my bedroom and the blending room so a lot of people go you know my team in cognac they call me the monk and so uh, my wife is like uh, we're still married and very much in love but she's like in paris and she raised a kid she's like you have all your life down there because we live on premise and uh, like like a farm and so to me i love it you know the people we can hang together and we talk about what we did today and i i, I know it sounds a bit crazy and doing all the time the same thing and then we got musicians, we got, you know, we do different stuff, but we taste what we did the day, or, or we like to taste stuff we've done like two, three days, uh, two, three years before, because it's a way, it's like revisiting your house after leaving for a while. You look at things that differently. So, and I love to taste stuff from friends of mine. They send me a lot of bottles. They're the guys from Novo Fogo, they just sent me some of their expressions. They're great guys. So we, you know, that's, we open the bottles we receive, and we receive quite a few. And so, because we swap a lot of spirits with right. others, so to me, it's, it's a learning experience. Nice. Well, I appreciate it. Um, well, thank I you, guys. Know, I know yeah. you got a busy schedule, pleasure. as always. Yeah, I can, uh, I can easily do this for another couple hours. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah I was like, I'd love <laughs> Sorry to, to bore me with all my little stories, but yeah, uh, it's no, a great no, pleasure I, sharing I, this. I appreciate thank you boring me, because it's anything but. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's a great pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day. 
please get a safe ride home. Or if I'm sure you have someone taking you around. But. Yeah, absolutely. And then, well, you know what? I'm just to just uh, tell you one thing is that right now is uh, cognac harvesting is going to start. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, probably tomorrow. So I'm going to miss yes. the beginning, which is the first time in my life. So yeah, going back, rushing back to cognac on Monday. Make some more. All Excellent. right. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, that, so I actually make instruments in my free time out of old wine boxes. Oh, you do? Boxes. So what I, kind of instrument you do? Because uh, uh, guitars, ukulele, uh, mandolin. Cool. That's great. I made, a cello, I made a cello out of a wow. wine box once. So, mm. I, I I appreciate that. Uh, I'm very and you know we used to like when my cousins made like like you know we had a little studio we made electric guitars you know from different woods and yeah. stuff cherry cherry wood actually and uh, uh, I don't know if you say mulberry fine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's great well awesome. thank you thank you so much thank you, thank you. oh it's a great pleasure thank you did you give me my cards or not yet okay. uh, I didn't but I, okay cool I'll give you <laughs> thank you, you so much wonderful thank you hey you're still listening. Thank you so much. That means you like it, which uh, we, we love to see and hear and know about. So leave us a comment on on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on uh, Twitter, at Wasted K Podcast, on uh, any of those. Wasted Knowledge Podcast at gmail.com. Go to our Patreon back us if you love this kind of stuff. We really want to hear it. And uh, we really want to keep making more for you. So thank you again for listening. And enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your, enjoy your drinks. Drink responsibly. And as always, get a safe ride home. Cheers.